talk about the resting place tonight. I want to talk about what it is and where it comes from and how to access it and what it's going to do in our hearts. I believe you're with me tonight. Verse 2, it said, He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. He offers it. The word love um, is the word agape. I think a lot of us know that. But it's actually from two different words or two different concepts merged together. And so that word love, it means to lead like a shepherd. And it also means the word into rest. So God's love is like a shepherd leading us into that true rest that's found only in his heart or only in his love. And I find it so interesting that God could have said that his love offered protection, it offered strength, it offered peace. And well, it does offer all of those things. He chose those specific words. It said that his love offers us a resting place. A resting place. When you're in a resting place, right smack dab in the middle of God's heart, you're going to sense all those things we just talked about. You're going to sense strength and protection and peace, but it is only found in his love. And I love that that this verse, it says, um, or sorry, in that translation talking about what love is, it says it It's God leading us like a shepherd into the true place of rest. Now, the world will offer us counterfeits of everything, right? Anything God gives us, the world will have a counterfeit to try and say, hey, no, no, you don't actually need to go to the Lord for peace. Here, just take this, do this, get addicted over here, medicate with this, you know, just spend your time scrolling on social media. The world will always give us a counterfeit. It will try and give you a counterfeit of what love is. But as his daughters, it is imperative we understand that there is only one true love. And that true love is right in the middle of his heart. That's where we're going to find that rest. Now, verse 3, it says that that is where he restores and he revives our life. Where does he restore and revive our life? Right there in the resting place of his luxurious love. Isn't that incredible? So another word for um, restoring or reviving our life is that he causes my life or my soul to return. Or he breathes new life into our souls. And I believe that we're in a season where we need some things revived in our hearts You know, there might even be things that you need revived in your marriage, in your connection, your relationships with family members. You might need some new life breathed into those things. That's where we're going to find it. Right in the resting place of his love, we're going to find that reviving. I love the word revive, um, the meaning. It says to live again or to give new strength or energy to. So something in us sometimes dies. That could be dreams. That could be passions. You know, one thing I've I've felt the Lord reviving in me recently is a passion for souls. A passion for people to come to the Lord. And I think we as the church have done enough complaining in this past year and a half. I think we need to do a lot more sharing of Jesus. 
right? And I'm talking about um, literally being bold and actually asking someone, can I just ask you, do you know about the Lord? Do you know Jesus? It's time for us to revive a passion for people to come into the kingdom like never before. Now, for you or me, there could be different things, but that reviving or that restoring, maybe something in your life that needs restored, that's all going to look different for each one of us. But where we get that is right in the resting place of his love. Another word um, for revive or restore is recover. Now, when I think of the word recover, if you're recovering, let's say, from a broken ankle or something, you are taking time to recover, right? There is no way to have, like, speed up your recovery. People who do that end up like, oh, I shouldn't have walked too soon. I shouldn't have got off the crutches that soon. I believe that there's some things in our hearts that need to be revived, restored, or recovered that are only going to happen in the presence of God. There's no way to to, um, skip the step. Do you know what I mean? There's no way to like get a quick fix. Okay, God, I want this healing in my heart and I want it now and just hurry up because I have things to do. I don't think that that's what God wants for us. I believe he wants true healing in our hearts and that that recovery time means time in his presence. What we did tonight, we let it go. We, we went slow, right? We didn't rush in his presence. And this is a time of corporate worship. But I'm calling you to a time in your own room or in your own prayer closet or your own time with God where you stop the rush and you allow him to recover or restore things in your soul, restore things in your heart. I believe that us spending that time Um, allowing him to restore or recover things is going to be our launching point for the next thing he has for us. In fact, I'm just going to read out, this is a picture I saw of us, of this group, when I was preparing for this message. And he said, like warriors coming back from battle, gearing up for the next assignment, we need to come into that resting place, recover our lives, get revived before we launch out again. Now, I believe he said that in terms of daily. Like, every single day, we are like warriors that launch out into battle. We launch out into the world. We launch out into our families. We're raising our kids for the Lord. We're doing this for the Lord. We're doing that. We're sharing Jesus. We're doing all these things. And we need to come back in. We need to rest in his love. We need to let him revive and recover things. And then he launches us right out again. But if you think of that warrior, think of yourself like a warrior because you are in his kingdom. If you go out and you go out and you go out and you're giving and you're giving and you're loving and you're giving and you're doing what you got to do and you're not coming back in to his presence for that recovery time, do you see how easy it is for the enemy to take us out when we're in that position? We are weak. You are absolutely incredible, but you cannot do this without the strength of the Lord, without the presence of the Lord in your life. You and I cannot do this Christian life, let alone go out into the world and affect change. We cannot do it without the presence of the Lord. And we're only going to get that when we come into his resting place. Come into his love. Allow him, like we just read in Psalm 23, to lead you by those quiet waters. He just takes you by the hand or he takes you by the arm and he's like, here, let me lead you over here. Let me show you rest. Let me show you peace. Let me show you answers. 
But can you imagine if we don't do that, if we just stay over here and we're like, I'm going to make this happen on my own, or I'm going to try and find the answer, or you just get so caught up in the doing that you forget that you've got a shepherd over here saying, I want to take you and lead you into the resting place of my love, the only true place of rest. Man, I want to remember to come to that resting place. When we sung um, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Part of those words were, let us become more aware of your presence. And really, that should be all of our hearts or all of our heart's desires is because it's not like he's not with us. It's not like he doesn't go before you or go with you everywhere you go. We need to become more aware of his presence. We need to be aware that there is a resting place offered in his luxurious love and then make the time to go there. Can you say resting place? I believe it's imperative to our health of our spirits, our souls, and our bodies that we spend time in this resting place. I'm really, I'm actually quite serious about that when it comes to your physical body. Do you know how many physical ailments actually have spiritual roots? You spend your, all your time in worry. You spend all your time um, just caught up in fear. It comes out in your physical body. We need to spend time in that resting place, letting him recover things in our soul, but also healing some things in our body. And I believe if you make that choice to spend more time resting in his presence, I believe he is going to deal with some physical things. I believe that. Can we turn to Ephesians 3 verse 17 for a minute? Again, I'm going to look at it from the passion. But um, when I think about the word resting place or when you think about it, maybe something else comes to mind. But what does it feel like? I mean, we're all, we're all women here and maybe we're a little more feely than some of our male counterparts. And so I thought, yeah, I want to, when I study something out in God's word, I'm like, oh, what is that like? Like, what does that feel like? And to me, the resting place of God's love, it's light and easy. Don't you ever just want to take a deep breath and just be? That's what it's like in that resting place. It's free. It's free from striving and this is really important, I believe this for this group tonight. It is free from shame. Shame. Oh, shame keeps us so bound. That resting place of God's love, there is no shame there. It's a place you can catch your breath, take a deep breath. It's a place where there's no pressure. Pressure to become someone maybe you feel like you're supposed to be. It's a place without deadlines. I don't know about your personality, but my personality feels like I am constantly behind on everything in my life. That's just the type of person I am. I want to be doing five things at once, and I want to do them well, and I want them to be done now. And so I have had to learn that that's not God speaking to me. When you feel that constant pressure that there's just deadlines everywhere, that's not him. I need to come into the resting place of his love and let him tell me, yeah, this, you put a deadline on that. I never put a deadline on that, so take that away. It feels like no deadlines. It feels like you can just be at peace. It feels like this line from a, a song, I don't even remember who to quote it from, but it says, I could rest here in your arms forever because I know no one could love me better. To me, that's what the resting place of his love feels like. So let's take a look at Ephesians 3.17 because this verse is key to how we're actually going to access this. 
Because it's one thing to hear about how lovely and how wonderful the resting place of his love is, and you're sitting there in your chair thinking, I've never experienced that. This verse is going to help us. It says in the Passion, Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you. There's something about that portion of the verse. The life of Christ. I just see it like this. It will be released deep inside of you. And the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. I hear it in my spirit like this all while I was preparing. So I have to say it again like this. I got to say it slowly, okay? He said, by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you. And the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Isn't that beautiful? This is how we're going to get into that resting place. We're going to do it by faith, it says. You're not going to do it because you feel all warm and mushy or you feel like you did such wonderful things. You came to church on a Friday night. Oh, so you probably feel so great. No, that's not how you get into his resting place or experience it. It is by faith, and it's by making his love the very source and the very root of your life. So I want to ask you, when something is given by faith, you actually have to take it. Did you know that? Just because something's given doesn't mean you've taken it. So God's love has been given to us right? It said in Psalm 23, what we read, it said that he offers. So he says, I offer you, daughter, a resting place in my luxurious love. I'm giving it to you. Here it is. And we sit there going, God, help me. I just need some help. It's like, "Ah, I gave it to you. Now what's our job? We take it. We literally have to take it. Everything is done by faith. By faith, you say, I don't, I don't feel it, God, or I don't really know what your love is like, but I, I take it now. Can you say that with me? Say, I take it now. I take it now. Someone's got to do that by faith tonight. Not only do we have to do it by faith, but in order to get into this resting place or experience this resting place, God's love has to become the very source and root of your life. This is a big deal for me because I notice that there are times when my roots can go down into things that are not God's love. I hope I'm not the only one in here tonight. Sometimes your roots would like to go down or your source, you'd like to get to make someone your source, make someone's opinion of you your source. You'd like to put your roots down into someone's approval of you right? You'd like to put your roots down into someone liking you or you being in this um, certain phase of your life or position in your life. Our roots can go down into whatever, your identity, your family background, your lack thereof. Your roots can go down majorly, majorly into insecurity. Um, A lovely, wonderful woman named Pastor Lori always said, You know, if you knew how much people were actually not thinking about you and not talking about you, you'd actually be offended. (laughs) People, they don't really care what you do. Like, you want to raise your hands and worship or lay on the front here? Kyla told me outside we were listening to a song in the hallway, and she said, I just want to lay down. 
I just love this worship song. I'm like, lay down. No one cares. Right? You and I would be offended if we knew how much people were not thinking about us. Sometimes our roots want to go down into insecurity. And I just think about, can you imagine what the world would be like if every woman of God, if every precious daughter of God took their place? If we stood up and took our place? Can you, can you even picture that? Because there is so much insecurity in the body of Christ. Oh, I have this on my heart, but I don't know if I... My insecurity, do you know where, where, what I used to say? Oh, well, my husband could do that, so I won't. I would hide behind. He would always be willing. He would always be confident. He would always be like, well, yeah, I'll say it. I'll do it. And I would just say, oh, well, then you do it. You do it better. We even do that with each other. Isn't it crazy? God created each one of us with specific gifts and a specific role in the body. And know what I have to tell you? The, the body of Christ is like the body, right? Do you know the mouthpiece is just one tiny part of the body? Right? It just so happens to be that the people that are called to speak for God happen to have to stand up here so that you can see them and hear them, right? But that's just one tiny, tiny piece of the body. Every single piece is needed. And if we would stand up and take our place and not be rooted in insecurity, wow, the world would literally change. So how are we going to enter in to this resting place of his love? Again, we're going to do it by faith, and we're going to do it by making his love the very source and root of our life. Now, you're going to have to spend some time fleshing that out for yourself. You know, a lot of the time that I spend in the presence of God is like, God, correct anything in my heart that shouldn't be there. Uproot anything that shouldn't be there. We're in charge of our own hearts, ladies, no one else is in charge of doing that for you, your friend, your spouse. We're supposed to guard our hearts. We're supposed to tend our hearts. And we've got the help of the Holy Spirit. So you're okay. Don't go looking for things, right? But I spend a lot of time just saying, Lord, I, I need, like it's imperative. My roots are going down into your love. And so show me anywhere that it's off. And you know what he does? And you know what? When he does it, it's gentle. When the enemy tries to to chirp oh man it's heavy it's condemnation it's that shame we are talking about so as you learn to hear the voice of God you're going to get pretty good at hearing uh-uh that's not the Lord leading me he doesn't beat us over the head with you didn't do this he'll ever so gently say you know what you're getting into insecurity again come back come with me come revive your life come restore your soul that's how gentle he is he's a shepherd right so I just want to point out one thing in this verse um, that we haven't highlighted yet. It said, and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. That tells me that it can be a process. And it's okay to be in process. You know, um, in Romans 4, when it says that Abraham was fully persuaded that God was who he said he was and was going to do what he said he was going to do, you can, it can be a process of learning to trust the Lord, learning to walk by faith. It can also be a process of learning how to trust his love. Now, a process is fine as long as we're moving forward, just even tiny baby steps. Lord, I want to know more about your love. I want to spend more time with you. You take these baby steps. It can be a process, but it does say if we do this by faith, the resting place of his love will 
It will become the very source of your life, the very root of your life, the very launching point for your life. So even if you're in this room, I know there's probably a couple of people that are thinking, you know what, maybe I'm newer to my relationship with the Lord, or maybe I, I put it on hold for a couple of years. I haven't really been in church for a while. I just want to encourage you that his love can become the very source and root of your life. And you can even make that decision tonight with him. So at the core, and we're going to finish up here in just a moment, but at the core of this resting place, this is what I hear in my spirit, is the declaration, not guilty. Not guilty. If we're thinking about, like, what is the resting place of God? What, what does it feel like? What, is, what do you sense in your spirit when you're in that resting place? It's this declaration that you and I are not guilty. Isn't that beautiful? I want to read you a couple of scriptures to prove that to you because that is one that, that I think sometimes I need convincing of over and over and over because I start to hear condemning voices. You know, the, the enemy is called the accuser, right? So he's constantly chirping in our ears. So if you look at Romans 3.26, it's going to help prove this to us. You cannot earn his love. You can't earn access to his love because access to God's love was not based on me or you. Like, we're not even part of the equation. Did you know that? I love this verse. In Romans 3.26, it says, And when the season of tolerance came to an end, there was only one possible way to, for God to give away his righteousness and still be true to both his justice and his mercy. And here it was. It was to offer his own son. So now, because we stand on the faithfulness of Jesus... God declares us righteous in his eyes. You and I stand not on our faithfulness, not on us doing the right thing. We stand on the faithfulness of Jesus. Can you say that with me? Say faithfulness of Jesus. Because of that, God declares you and I righteous, not guilty in his eyes. Who's thankful for Jesus? The access to that resting place, that place where he restores your heart and your soul daily is based on the faithfulness of Jesus. And, you know, I've said this before in, to our church on a Sunday, and my husband and I remind each other of this often, is when the enemy or the accuser comes and says to you, you are not worthy to stand in God's presence. You're not worthy to go to church. You're not worthy to lift your hands and praise like you have nothing to hide. You can say to him, you're right. You're absolutely right. I'm not worthy. But Jesus is, and Jesus was my substitute, and Jesus was faithful when I was not. And so you just stand up and say, yeah, I plead the blood of Jesus. That's it. That's all we do. When you try to enter that resting place, when you decide, you know what, Lord, I'm going to let you lead me into your love to restore and recover my life, and the enemy comes and says, you have no right there, you say, uh-uh, I plead the blood of Jesus, nothing can stop you. Nothing can stop you. You know, whenever we do um, worship nights, or we're going we're gonna to have a little bit of time of worship again, I encourage you, come boldly right into his presence. Nothing to hide, nothing to prove. Romans 8.33, this is our last scripture. It just says, who then would dare to accuse those whom God has chosen 
to be his. Like, who would condemn you and I when God chose us to be his? God himself is the judge. The only one that we're accountable to is the Lord, right? You and I will one day stand before him, and we'll give an account for our life. He's the judge. And he has said, his fi- he has issued his final verdict over us and said, not guilty. Not guilty. It's so beautiful. He's the judge, and he has said, you and I are not guilty guilty. You know, if you're going to enter this resting place of his love or make it the source and the root of your life, if you're going to commit to spending more time in that resting place than you do on what's going on in the world or or the opinions of men, you're going to have to come face to face with the fact that God loves you and that no other opinion matters. Nothing you've been told in your past or your childhood or even your current Nothing trumps that. You have to come face to face with his love. And I think as women, we're good at being busy or we're good at maybe not not giving our whole heart to the Lord because it, it, it feels risky, doesn't it? It's such an intimate thing to lay your heart bare before him. But can I just tell you, he can be trusted. He's the one who says, you're not guilty. Come, come here. You know, for those of you who have kids, we have a bunch, bunch of them. <laughs> a bunch of them. <laughs> Can I tell you, when I see families of, of four kids walking around like the grocery store, I'm like, wow, they have a lot of kids. And then someone reminded me the other day, you have four kids. <laughs> yeah, we are those people that arrive at places, and they're like, yeah, there's a lot of kids. But when, when they come to me, you know when they've done something wrong, and you can see it all over them, and they're kind of like, I don't want to be punished. You know what I say to my three-year-old daughter? Come here. Let me help you. That's the good shepherd. That's the good father. That's what he wants to do for me and you. Come here. Like, don't try and fix it on your own. Don't try and get yourself better over here so you can get into my presence. Come here into the resting place of my love, and I will fix that. I will restore that for you. You're welcome. Sorry, I guess I lied earlier. I said it was the last scripture. I have one more because it's so lovely. I'm going to finish with this, John 15, 9. And this is Jesus speaking, and he tells us, I've loved you guys with the same love that the Father has for me. I mean, that right there is just, what? But he says, this is the key. This is so important for us. You must continually let my love nourish your hearts. You must continually... So over and over, I don't care if you've been a Christian for 35 years, that really means nothing. Literally every day, you got to let God's love continually do what? Nourish your heart. You know what, nourish, um, here's a couple words that describe nourish, but to provide with a substance necessary for growth, health, and good condition. That's where we want our heart to be, right? We must continually let him, um, we must continually let God's love nourish our hearts. Again, the invitation was given, Psalm 23. I'm going to invite um, the band to come on back here. The invitation was given in Psalm 23 when he said, I'm offering you, daughters, I'm offering you a resting place right in my luxurious love. I'm offering you a place of true love. I'm offering you a place of true rest. And you and I are to say, okay, I'm going to let that love 
continually nourish my heart. I'm going to let that love continually give me what I need to be sustained, to move forward with my life. Now, I want to just read this scripture over you. Go ahead, Andrea. Come on up, ladies. Don't be shy. I want to read this scripture over you. This is a prayer in Ephesians. This is Paul praying, and it starts out in verse 14. I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect Father. He's the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. And this is what he prayed. I pray that he would unveil within you. Did you hear that? Not just to you. God wants to unveil these scriptures we spoke about tonight in you within you, the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and his explosive power. Those are some pretty strong words. Maybe you don't feel strong tonight. Well, I tell you, God can unveil within you the riches of his glory and his favor until supernatural strength literally floods your innermost being. That's what happens when you spend time in the resting place of God's love. He reveals things within you, right? He gets supernatural strength stirred up within you. And all it takes is that decision. Lord, I humble myself under your mighty hand. Come with an open heart. Show me that true place of rest in your heart. Now we're going to sing again tonight. I'm going to invite you guys to stand with us. And I do want to encourage you to be bold. I don't, I'm not asking you to like, be uncomfortable or make a spectacle of you, but I do want to encourage you that if you feel like you need to respond to the Lord in some way tonight, you can do that in your seat, but you can also come to the altar. And sometimes we need that invitation to just come forward, and no one's going to be watching you. These guys are going to be singing away in the spirit. They don't, they don't care what you're doing up here. Just want to encourage you, if that's you and you're like, God, I just want to make the resting place of your love the source and the root of my life, I encourage you, come on up. We're going to sing together. You can sing in your seat if you need to, but I encourage you, let's spend a few more moments in his very presence tonight. Lord, that's our heart's desire tonight, Father. We just say, give us Jesus. We allow everything else to be stripped away, Father so that our roots go down deep into your marvelous love. All we want is Jesus. And we commit to you tonight that as your daughters. And we say, give us Jesus. That's all we want. Father, our hearts are so for you. We thank you so much. For those of, of us who responded in our hearts tonight towards you, Lord, I know you're going to honor that. I thank you for that, Father. I just... Speak over the women here. True rest. True rest. True refreshing. Rest, recovery, revived, restored, whatever you need in your heart. I believe the Lord knows and he's taking care of that for you as you open your heart to him. We bless you now in Jesus' name.